Hello everyone and welcome to Nisa Today FC and Happy New Year on the first episode of Nisa Today FC in 2023. We've got a lot to talk about. So I'm going to share my thoughts on the number one story that everyone wants to talk about these days. When are we going to get a Nisa schedule? So I will share some updates on what I got on news on that front. Speaking of news, of course, there's always league news, so I will catch you up on what's been going on since our last episode. And of course, with it being 2023, I got to share my New Year's resolutions for the league, as well as you guys who have commented on my Twitter and Facebook and other places on the New Year's resolutions on what you guys want to see from the league. So I'll share about all that and more coming right up on an exciting episode. Nice today, FC. Welcome back to this show, guys. Just in case you missed the intro, once again, Happy New Year. I hope you guys had a happy and safe holiday season. For me, I went home. I was in Texas, so I went home for a week to catch up with my mom and my brother down in Austin, Texas. So it was good to catch up with them and haven't seen him in three years, which is crazy. But, and I used to go home like, you know, once a year, but the reason why it's been that long, because of course, you know, 2020 was COVID. So obviously I didn't go home that year. 2021, that's when I got let go by Chicago house around that same time in December. So I was not able to go home during that time. And then, 2022, last year in December, I was finally able to go home despite juggling three jobs last year. I, it all worked out where I was finally able to go home and catch up with my family, so I had a good time. And I hope you guys had a good time with your family as well during the holiday season. Now that we've entered 2023, wow, it's uh, it's it's crazy, but it's finally here and for Nisa, well, it's been very quiet for the most part. We did obviously have some news and stuff break since our last episode, but I know what a lot of people want to know about is the schedule and all that, and I'll get to all that stuff in a minute. But, you know, I think the only thing that's been crazy is we've only had one team that has announced player signings. I'm still waiting on all the other NISA clubs, like, hey, we're going to hear some signings and stuff like that. We only have two clubs, two NISA clubs, that are currently in preseason. One of them is Club de Leon FC, which last we heard, they were announced as an expansion team to start play this year. They had a friendly this past weekend on January 8th against Bundesliga club Hertha Berlin and that game was at IMG Academy and did not go so well for Club Leon FC. They lost that match 3-0 and for Hertha Berlin they were busy. They had two games that same day so I'm assuming this is the reserve side possibly that Club Leon played. I'm not 100% sure. I know when I used to live in Florida they had the Florida Cup. Back then it was like a January tournament. Now it's a summer tournament. I don't know they moved it but back then we had uh, i was went to the disney 
Wild World Sports Complex and uh, VFL Wolfsburg was there. They were playing a couple MLS teams. and I think Tampa Rowdies were there as well. And mostly the German teams, when they come over to the U.S. for training, because right now in the Bundesliga, it is their uh, winter break. So they send their reserve team. So, yeah, Hertha Berlin, they crushed Club they own FC, and then they had another game later that evening against the Villages SC. And man, the Villages SC got Brazil. They lost seven to one in that game against Hertha Berlin. So Hertha Berlin off to a good start in their winter break preseason. And for Hertha Berlin, you know they're in fifteenth place in the Bundesliga. They're trying to stave off relegation. You know, you look for Hertha Berlin; they're always at that spot. It seems. So we'll see. But for Club de Leon FC, they are going to have some work to do as they get ready for NISA whenever the their season is going to start. And speaking of NISA, I saw on Twitter the past week what's been trending is hashtag NISA watch. I know that's a thing going on from the cup.us. I think it started on the 4th, actually. So 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th. 10 recording on Tuesday night. So this is day seven of NISA watch and people are still wondering when we're going to get scheduled. When are we going to schedule? That's like the number one question that I've gotten in. The truth is guys, I, I have no idea. I do have an update that I'll get to that in a minute, but let's kind of look and see what's going on. So, I did see that the Knights of Saint said they posted a tweet last week mentioning that one reason that could be a delay to the schedule is that they posted a tweet last week that it could be due to a financial audit by U.S. Soccer Federation. Now, I know some people were kind of freaking out, like, oh, my gosh, like, what is NISA doing? Blah, blah, blah. Look, I'm pretty sure NISA did its due diligence, did its homework and everything on all these teams. But after what happened last year, okay, where you had two teams, Bay Cities and Valley United FC, folded in the middle of the season, NISA cannot afford to have this with, with as far as you know, at least three expansion teams join the league this year. You can't go through a repeat of that. We just can't have it. We can't have that. And NISA has to show U.S. soccer that they have its ducks in a row and, you know, everything financially for these clubs are, are, are good to go. So I think U.S. soccer, you know, doing the right thing and being a little more stringent on the standards and making sure these clubs have the money, have the financial wherewithal to get through the 2023 season. And as we look back at 2022, as I mentioned, Value United FC, they broke immigration law. So not financial stuff. As far as we know, we they've had plenty of money, but they broke the law, and that's how they basically had to fold the middle of the season. Base A's FC, their investors either pulled out or just didn't have the funding to keep paying players. And as you know, with Syracuse, they had their ownership issues with their previous owner, Samir Belsing. And when they got new ownership to bring in more money, you know, get players played and all that stuff, you know, worked out for a while. But then it got to a point where Syracuse had financial issues as far as related to travel, especially that one particular in the West Coast where – they couldn't make it out for a game or two, and 
Games are getting postponed, and they had to make up that West Coast trip at some point. And they were able to do that, but it caused a mess to the whole schedule because you had teams like Chattanooga FC had to make up some games, and other teams had to make up some games. You had Flower City Union basically going a marathon. You know, they're going all over the place. Like, this is the amazing race or something to, for them to play all these games. And uh, Nisa can't have another year like that. So hopefully we'll get some stability at least on the schedule front and not have so many crazy changes. So hoping that audit will, you know, be good news for a lot of the Nisa clubs and, you know, we get ready for the season. Now, as we look back in the history of Nisa, Okay, the last time Nisa posted a schedule in January, okay, the last time they did that was all the way back on either January 27th, 28th, based on my research here, in 2020. That was the last time. So three years ago, that was the last time Nisa posted a full schedule in the month of January. Now, for the spring 2021 season, that schedule wasn't released, guys, until March 18th. Now, to be fair, during that time, you know, we're coming off the COVID-19 pandemic. At that time, Oakland Roots had left. They're going to USL Championship. You had a couple clubs, Stumptown Athletic Club and formerly 1904 FC. They were on hiatus, and they were coming back. And, you know, the Cosmos didn't play or chose to go on hiatus. So you had a mixture of clubs going in and out. And of course, Maryland Bobcats, that was their expansion season. So you had that situation for the league that they had to deal with. So that was understandable why the schedule was delayed that long with everything going on. And of course, last year, in 2022, it was a hot mess. <laughs> you know, the league was planning to have 14 teams. Detroit decides to leave. You know, New Amsterdam and Chicago House, you know, one way or the other went on hiatus, got kicked out of the league. So you had that situation. And then, of course, Stumptown Athletic Club went on hiatus when everyone thought they were going to come back. And they couldn't find new ownership for that club. And now they're gone. So Nisa had that situation to deal with. And people were wondering if the Spanish teams were going to be ready. And, you know, like we mentioned, Bay Cities, Val United, fold up midseason. You know, Syracuse, despite all their issues, made it through the end of the season, and they made the playoffs. So you got to give Syracuse some credit for that. And Fire City Union, hey, they finished at the bottom of the table last year, but they got through the season despite a coaching change early on and got through it, you know, growing pains and all that. And I would expect – Flower City Union, you know, to, to improve this year. And, yes, you got some competition. You got three new expansion teams coming in, or maybe more. We don't know yet. But Flower City Union, hey, you got you got that experience now. Now it's time to take that next step. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But what I did do, guys, is I did reach out to NISA communication specialist Steve Johnson, to get some updates for you guys on what's going on with the league schedule and a few other NISA topics. 
So here's what I got, guys. So I, my first question to him was just, does he have any updates on the Nisa's plans for the 2023 season, format, clubs, and the U.S. Open Cup participation? And Steve Johnson told me, we expect to announce elements on that this week and next week. So, guys, it does not look like like last year we had to wait till February 4th, okay, for a schedule. This year we don't have to wait that long. It looks like we're going to get a schedule well before that January 31st deadline. So that's good news, especially we get news on that this week. And maybe some more news next week. We'll we'll see. Something to keep an eye on. But, guys, we can just relax. Take it easy. Take a deep breath. The schedule will be here. So stay tuned for that. Next question I asked him was, what is the current status of Value United FC's membership within the league? And the only reason I asked this question, because I noticed that, you know, Value United FC, they're still – on the league website, but of course their website's not really there. Every time you click on the logo, it brings you back to the league website. So I was just curious on their status and what's going on. And I do recall, obviously, because of them full in the middle season, they have an investigation from Homeland Security. So Steve Johnson got back to me on that and said that that situation is still, the investigation is still ongoing. So no updates to share on that front for Value Night FC, as we know the investigation is still ongoing. I also asked Steve, what is the league's relationship with the WISL? That is the Women's Independent Soccer League and its plan uh, in the future. And Steve told me that the WISL is on track for 2024. NISA is offering guidance where needed but the WISL is a separate entity that is led by Lynn Merling Manuel, who is not connected with NISA at all. However, the two leagues do share the same spirit of independent clubs. So I was just curious about that relationship with the WISL because I've seen both NISA and WISL promoting content on their social media pages. And I know that's something that the league has talked about in the past. Wasn't sure which direction was going, but glad that Steve Johnson clarified that up. Is there new information about the process of how Oaks FC got taken over by Calabasas FC? And probably similar to you guys, we're all trying to figure out who is Calabasas FC? I, I don't know. And Steve Johnson told me there's no new information on Calabasas FC at this time. So maybe we'll get an update on them soon. But as far as we know, the plan is is that they're expected to join the league next year in 2024. Now, I did also ask Steve Johnson about Nisa Nation. Of course, as you know, Nisa Nation did not play this past fall, and we didn't know what was going to happen. We hadn't heard anything. And then we heard last month that Matt Morse was going to be the new managing director of the league. And Dennis Pope is going to be the communication specialist for Nisa Nation. So we got some info on that. And Steve Johnson told me, because I asked him, are there going to be any announcements about regions, 
clubs for spring 2023 and what is the long-term plan now that Nisa Nation is kind of resetting itself. And he told me that, yes, that there will be more announcements for the spring season for Nisa Nation. Those announcements were clubs that were already announced last month, and I'll share more about that announcement later on the show. And Steve told me that the long-term plan for Nisa Nation is centered on stronger vetting of clubs and an enhanced education slash protocol process. So that is the latest information I got from the league on a couple of topics, including the one you guys want to know about the most, the league schedule. And it looks like, guys, we will get a league schedule very soon. And it won't be like last year. We had to wait till like early February for a schedule. So that's great news. As soon as we get a schedule, I can start taking a look, see what games we kind of want to hype up, what games you guys are excited about. And I do plan to do some traveling to a couple of NISA teams this year, depending on my work schedule, of course, <laughs> on getting out there, shooting some content, and doing some stuff for the show to kind of bring it up to another level. So my New Year's resolution, as I mentioned, for this show, which I'll talk more about later, but for me personally, especially for this show, needs Today FC, elevate your game. So in my case, I want to elevate this podcast to another level. And we're going to do it, guys. We're going to, I don't know how I'm going to do it with balancing three jobs again, but I will find a way to make it work. So stay tuned for more updates on NISA, NISA Nation, and all that throughout the year, right here on NISA Today FC Podcast. Now, let's get into the league news and recap you on what's been going on since our last episode. All right, everyone, let's get into the news around NISA. Now, for this segment, most of it's going to be very Chattanooga FC heavy focus because, like I mentioned earlier in the show, we only have one team so far that's announced signings, and that is Chattanooga FC, the boys in blue. They've been very busy since our last episode announcing more signings. Now, I announced a few last month in our most recent episode before the holidays. And Chattanooga FC, they announced some more since then. So let's go over some of them. They announced that midfielder Ethan Corrin is back for another year. Of course, Ethan Corrin, he was with Orlando City B Academy before he moved to Chattanooga FC last year. And they also re-signed defender and team captain Richard Dixon. He'll be back for his third season with the boys in blue. He made the 2022 NISA best 11 second team and logged more than 2,300 minutes and started 26 matches. CFC's also announced that Alex James, I hope I said, I said that right, he's a midfielder and a winger. For the, He's going to be back for a second season for CFC. He started six matches 
and made 22 appearances for the club. Winger Damian Rodriguez, he will also return for another season for Chattanooga FC. And CFC, they also announced the signing of defender Jonathan Partida. Now, if that name sounds familiar, that is because he had played with Bases FC this past season and also played with USL League One side, Northern Colorado, Hailstorm. Now, CFC, they also signed midfielder Mutea Mwape from USL League One champs, South Georgia Tormenta FC. And they're also bringing back midfielder Alex McGrath. He returns for another season for the Boys in Blue and was second on the team in scoring with 14 goals. So CFC's been very busy this past offseason making moves and getting ready to have another strong season just like they did last year. Now, the your 2022 NISA champions, Michigan Stars FC, they also had a big news from their camp, and that is that winger Steven Junkai, he will be leaving the club, and he has signed a contract to join Andy Gorica, which is in Slovenia. So there was some confusion because I typed in like Gorica and it kept pulling up like uh, some team in Italy or Croatia. And so I'm like, which one is it? Like I'm trying to figure out which place it was, but got narrowed down to this club in Slovenia to play in the PRVA Liga in Slovenia. And they are, I believe they're in eighth place currently in uh, that league just above the relegation zone, and they 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 climb their way up. So initially, when this news was announced, I was like, "Well, this is good news for Nisa. They got one of their players, a good player that's played well for Michigan Stars, to go to Europe, and that's that's great. That's great for Nisa. It's always great when you get a lower division side club has a player move on to Europe. Now I know it's not like." Celtic or something or, you know, of that level or like a third division Bundesliga side. But still, you, you, you have a pathway to go to Europe, and that's good. Now, I also want to give a shout-out to Tom Arson. He posted that article on the news about Steven Yungai and where he was going. And Now, there were multiple articles. The one that Tom sent me, you know, talked about the deal and everything. But then I saw a day later, someone posted on Twitter about another article about his dad, George Junkai. And I was reading it. And I was like, wait a minute. So he's making an investment on this team? And he's he's made a financial investment reportedly $5 million. And whoever the previous investor was only made like a million dollars. So I'm like, George Junkai making that much? Like, what? And... When I was reading later on the article, they're saying that George Junkai is in the process of trying to buy Andy Gorica. So he's going to have not just owning the Michigan Stars, but also owning this team in Europe now, the Slovenian club. 
And all I would say is, well, I mean, I know George Junkai got money, so he's entitled to spend it how he pleases. But I will remind him that even though you buy European club, it's not guaranteed that it's always going to work out. You know, ask Rocco Camiso, how's that going for him with Fiorentina over in Italy right now? He bought Serie A club Fiorentina. And unfortunately, the result of that was he was going to put a lot of money investing in that club and pretty much shut down the Cosmos. Now, I know his excuse is the lawsuit and all this stuff, but I'm like, Rock, I'm not buying it, bro. That team, Cosmos, all that history, they can still play. Like, what are they doing? It's not good for them to be dormant. And if you're in Tina, how's that investment going for you? You said the same thing you did with the Cosmos. I'm going to invest all this money. We're going to get a stadium, blah, blah, blah. Okay, you shut the Cosmos down. If you weren't team, it's the same thing. We're going to get a stadium. We're going to have a great team. We're going to compete for Champions League, blah, blah, blah. Last I checked, they're not anywhere close on a stadium deal in Florence, Italy for ACF Fiorentina. And Fiorentina hasn't been anywhere close to qualifying for the Champions League. They've been a mid-table club for the most part. They fire coaches like crazy over there. And remember, they also brought in Frank Ribéry. I'm like, what? You brought him out of retirement to to play for Fiorentina? What? So, you know, that was just crazy. So I'm just warning you, George Junkai. I mean, I know you got money and all that, but just be careful how you spend the money in in Europe. That's all I got to say on that matter. So, yeah. Let's move on to Savannah Clovers FC. They announced that they have added Paul McGlynn as an assistant coach. Gold Star FC Detroit, they announced their broadcast deal with Michigan Sports Network. Now, has anybody seen the interview that Michigan Sports Network did with Alex Lubianski, the head coach and CEO and general manager of the team? Last month, they posted on Christmas Day. And I watched some of it, and uh, it was it was pretty interesting. You know, he talked about they they asked him questions about how the team got started and everything, had that partnership with Madonna University, and how they're going to build that stadium. Now, initially, we thought that stadium was going to be built maybe ready by March, but on that episode that was posted on Michigan Sports Network, they talked about that stadium is probably not going to be ready until June. Because they gotta clear the whole field out, and then they're gonna, you know, build it up from scratch and have it ready to go. So it looks like Gold Star FC Detroit will have to play at an alternate venue until that stadium is all set, ready to go in June. They've also talked about you know that rivalry with Detroit City FC and the Michigan Stars FC, you know, Detroit area clubs, and how they're gonna make themselves stand out in a competitive market. So it was very interesting. And Michigan Sports Network, they will start broadcasting their games, I believe, in June. That's what that's what they said in the episode. So looking forward to what Gold Star FC Detroit's going to do as another expansion team gets ready for the new season, just like Savannah Clovers and Club De Leon FC. Flower City Union, they announced a partnership with Smugtown FC. 
to create a pathway for amateur players to go pro in Western New York. The Maryland Bobcats FC, they also announced last month that they acquired the rights to Baltimore area amateur club Steel Pulse FC. It's big news for the Maryland Bobcats FC. The LA Force will have their player tryouts on January 28th and the 29th. So the players that sign up for those tryouts in California, they will try out not just for the LA Force, the professional team, but they will also try out for their Nisa Nation side, FC Golden State. So I know FC Golden State has not been officially announced, but it looks like that club does plan to return to Nisa Nation for the spring 2023 season. At least that's what it looks like. Now, Maryland Bobcats FC, their goalkeeper, Felix Anand, he wins the save of the 2022 NISA playoffs. I know NISA was doing an online vote thing with all these different selections they've had on nominees for that, but congrats to Felix Anand for winning that. And for the Michigan Stars, Ikov Shmilov, he got the goal of the 2022 playoffs. So congrats to him as well. And with that, guys, that concludes the news segment. We still got more news, but this will be on Nisa Nation. All right, who's ready for more news? I know I am. But this time, we're going to talk about Nisa Nation. Now that we know that they're back, and let's start in Florida with the Florida region where Palm Beach Breakers AFC posted on Twitter on December 31st last year that they are in discussions about participating in the Florida region in Nisa Nation for the spring 2023 season. Another club that is in conversations with Nisa Nation is Semakula FC. They have submitted an application to join Nisa Nation for the spring 2023 season. Now, for Temecula FC, I've heard of them. They played in the MPSL. They're a community-based club out there in California. And they submitted their application to join the Southwest region for Nisa Nation. So that's very exciting news. And, of course, they said once they get approval they will announce their next steps. Now, as I mentioned earlier in the show, Nisa Nation did made some official announcement for some of the clubs that we've heard about that will participate in the Southwest region for the spring 2023 season. One of those clubs is AS Los Angeles. As they were announced yesterday, officially that they will be part of Nisa Nation for the spring 2023 season in the Southwest region. And let me read you a quote from their owner, Harry Tashan. Quote, we take great pride in providing opportunities for our players to become professionals. We had eight players over the last four years make the leap from our developmental, excuse me, development system. And our elite players are constantly being sought and scouted internationally. NISA is providing a clear path to pro for rising players and that aligns with our club's mission. 
we are excited to be joining Nisa Nation, end quote. And as you know, for AS Los Angeles, they previously played in the MPSL in 2019 and 2020, and they continue a developmental team in the UPSL. And the club also operates a boys' youth academy. Let's talk about another Nisa Nation club making its return. This one was announced today. SC Union Maricopa rejoins Nisa Nation. Now, in case you didn't know, SC Union Maricopa used to be Valley FC Raiders. So they are back. And let me read your quote here from their co-founder, Lanny Golston. Quote, Our organization takes great pride in supporting the goals of our many outstanding athletes around Maricopa County and our great state. We want to help players move on the next level of play and be successful in their journey. Nisa Nation provides a substantial pathway to pro for players and having the support of Matt Morse and Dennis Pope means Nisa Nation is working to be something very special for the future of the sport and the growth of Nisa as a whole. We're excited to be returning for another season in Nisa Nation. End quote. So as I mentioned, SNU and Maricopa, they participate in qualifying for the 2023 Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. And they also operate a developmental team in the Southwest Premier League and the UPSL. And they also have a boys' youth academy, just like AS Los Angeles. And with that, that includes the news segment for NISA and NISA Nation. Now let's get into my final thoughts. All right, everyone, for my final thoughts, I figured this would be a good time to chat about our New Year's resolutions in 2023 for NISA and NISA Nation. So I've been checking my Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, but it looks like all my responses from my question are on Twitter. So we'll go with that. But I also found funny was I posted this back on December 30th, of last year and the next day nisa posted a similar question like what are your new year's resolution for 2023 and i was like nisa but you retweeted my question the day before what is going on so i thought that was pretty funny let's get into it so i only got let's see five responses so we'll just go through them all positive or negative because we care about the league so why not let's chat about it Let's start with Mike C at SkydogKC22. He says his New Year's resolution is to keep building that pyramid. And Mike, I couldn't agree more with uh, that. I think with the plan with Nisa Nation, with Matt Morse, Dennis Pope taking over, and kind of hitting the reset button with Nisa Nation, and with Nisa kind of understanding that, look, we we 2023 – it's going to be our year, guys. We got to make sure these teams are financially stable and everything. We're going to make it work. So I think that's a good thing with Nisa Nation building out its regions, kind of connecting with a lot of the clubs, rebuilding those fractured relationships with some of those clubs. I think Nisa Nation plays a critical part in the league's future, especially if they want to have Pro-Rel. I think Nisa Nation needs to be successful to – have NISA, the league, the professional league, build on that 
to potentially be, you know, have a maybe a D2 league or maybe a D1 league. I think Nisa Nation plays a key role in that. I agree with you, Mike C. That's a good one. Next, we got Matthew Vital at V for Vital. And his New Year's resolution for Nisa is stability. And kind of similar to, you know, building that pyramid. I think Nisa Nation plays a role in that as well, in stability. But also for the league, that hopefully whatever teams they start with, I don't know if it's 8, 10, 12, 14, whatever it is going to be for 2023, whatever teams they start with this year, they got to have the same teams finish this year. We can't have it like last year where two teams started and then fold in the middle of the season or back in 2021 where you had some teams come, some teams go on hiatus, some teams take a break, come back like some town, and then they don't come back. Or, you know, well, I went through Chicago House where we thought we were coming back, and then next thing you know, we weren't coming back in Nisa, and, you know, they're still playing, but in a different league. So Nisa, whatever teams they get, they got to try to find a way to keep them, give them the resources to be successful. I know it's not like – USL Championship and USL League One, where, okay, if it doesn't work out, you can self-relegate to another level. With Nisa, it's not there yet. You know, I don't think anyone would want to self-relegate to Nisa Nation right now. But that's kind of how things have to go. And the officiating, I know, has been an issue in some parts that is something that sounds like the league has been addressing and working with its clubs. So hopefully that will work itself out. And all of that. So... Yes, keeping the teams and keeping the flow, giving the resources, I think is going to be key to that success. Next, we got Soccer Tire at Soccer Tire. He says, make Detroit City till I die fans cry. And, well, you know, they only got two Detroit area teams in NISA that could make that happen, Michigan Stars FC, which recently have not had that much success against Detroit City FC. And then you have... Uh, of course, the new team, the new kids on the block, Gold Star FC Detroit, feels that, you know, they can go toe-to-toe with them. And, look, I, I, I like it. I'm all down for, you know, trash-talking and banner and all this stuff. And But you got to do it on the field. And, look, Detroit City FC, they're a really good team. They're, they did well in USL Championship their first year. And I think Detroit City FC is going to be better this year. And – you know, Nisa with two teams now. Now you got two chances to try to beat them. So in the Open Cup. So we will see how that goes. But, hey, that's one way you, you can make them cry. You, you beat them on the field. Now next I got ProRail at ProRail2. He says for his New Year's resolution is for Nisa to fold. And I'm like, ouch. Man. Still got people doubting the league, huh? Well, you know what's crazy? After 2020 with the pandemic and everything that's happened with that, you would have thought that would be a time Nisa probably could have folded because, you know, you, teams were losing money, you know, no fans and, you know, all that stuff. And you had teams that were on a hiatus and teams that, you know, came back and some that didn't. And Oka Roots, of course, they left. They went to another league. So a lot of that was going on. And, you know, that's probably – the time you thought it would have happened. And then even with all the teams that have come and go in this league, look at ProRail, 
Nice is still here. How many times have we doubted this league that, oh, this is it. They're going to fold. I kind of went that experience with Chicago House when I was working with them. There wasn't like talking doom and gloom that the league was going to fold, but you were kind of worried once Detroit City FC left, like, oh, it's going to be like the NASL when Indy 11 and the, all those teams left, like a mass exodus of teams. And even though Nisa kind of had that with Detroit CFC leaving, you know, New Amsterdam and Chicago House not coming back, and Stuptown going hiatus, you know, the league still found a way to get through. And even last year, you had two teams fold in the middle of the season, and they still finished with eight teams. And at least from the people I've talked to in the league, people who've covered the teams in this league, they feel confident that, you know, despite the growing pains, Nisa's learned and, you know, finally turn it around. We have to still wait and see how it plays out. But that's what I keep hearing from people who I've talked to in the league. So just to be clear, no, guys, we do not want the league to fold. It's never a good thing. We already saw what happened with the NASL. And we don't think the NASL is ever going to come back. And that's kind of my already learning too. If it needs to to fold, we all know these clubs aren't all going to have a home. You know, where's the Maryland Bobcats going to go? You know Chattanooga FC, they can't go to USL, so their only option is MLS Next Pro. That's their only option. Uh, I mean, Cal United and Albion, they could probably go to MLS Next Pro. But what about the new teams? What about Savannah? What about uh, Gold Star FC Detroit? What about Club de Leon? There we go. So, you know, you got some teams that – you know, aren't going to have a home. Michigan Stars. Is anybody going to want some Michigan Stars? It's just a far union. You know, these are things that, you know, people got to think about that that would affect a lot of clubs in this league that may not have a home and may have to shut down. And that's not good for soccer. Not good for soccer. All right, I got one more here. GC underscore pub at GC underscore pub. Get rid of Bob Freeland and the entire Pooch family. Complete incompetence from the current leadership. That was his news regulation that he posted on my Twitter page. So, look, I know the Pruches and Bob Freeland to a certain extent. You know, from fans I've seen on talking about on Twitter and other places, you know, I understand they may not be the most popular people. I totally get it. You know, Bob Freeland's case, I'm kind of like, why do you have a large stake in the league when your team last year was so bad and you don't have a home, like, come on, LA force. You got to have a home, man. And you know, the Pruches, you know, uh, look, I totally understand why people may be a bit worried with, you know, family ties and and league and stuff like that. The Pruches, you know, have they got everything right? No, they're not perfect. And look, the leagues also have mistakes from whether it was the refs, you know, teams coming and going like it's a revolving door, and you got got teams on hiatus, and they're not, they're back, and they're not vetting the ownerships groups, and the teams not having enough money to finish the season. Those are all you know legit concerns. But as I mentioned earlier, for everyone I've talked to in the, in the, in the league so far, and people involved with NISA teams, and People that cover NISA teams, they feel confident that NISA is kind of at a turning point. That, you know, they're growing up and 
learning as a young league and, you know, U.S. soccer, making sure with these financial eyes, these teams can be successful on the field and that they can finish the season. I think that's the most important thing for the league moving forward. The return in East Nation is great news. We still don't know how it's going to pan out, you know, long term right now. But we know what the goal is, is with making sure these teams are well resourced and with the proper vetting and the financial side and everything that the league can grow. And I think we're, we're seeing that, guys. We It doesn't look that way right now, but I think that over time throughout this year, we'll, we'll see it. And I've said all along, even if, you know, there were rumors last year that Bob Fleet was considering selling a stake and that UPSL was interested or maybe George Yukai was interested, that was what the 1910 NISA had posted as a rumor last year, but nothing materialized. And I say, I keep saying, like, if someone else took over the league, you know, like, it would most likely be an external candidate. Who's going to take over? Like, you know, Bill Pearson, he's still around. Reece you want those NASL guys to take over the league after that league has technically folded? And um, most leagues, they tend to go internal. And Let's be real. Or like Ron Mattel, he's he's at New Mexico United. He's not going back anytime soon. Nisa. So, you know, most leagues tend to go into internal cannon. And maybe Nisa, I mean, not right now, but in the future, they'll have that next guy who's in their system that, you know, can take the league to, you know, a different level. And Nisa right now is trying to build that pyramid, get to that point where they have it, the teams and the league set up where eventually, the, you know, they're going to get D2 and eventually they're going to get D1. Uh, someday, and that's been the goal for the league, you know, moving forward and make sure you know financial stability and all that is good. We shall see how 2023 goes for Nisa. Now, quickly, I'm just gonna share my you know, news resolutions. You know, like I mentioned, whatever teams needs to start with, hopefully, they finish the season with those same teams. Uh, I hope Nisa continues to make improvements and, and, you know, take care of the people, take care of the refs, you know, you know, we didn't have any ref issues last year. We definitely wanted to keep that going this year. Uh, hoping the teams financially are stable and have money to get to where they need to be. And poor flower city union isn't like going from point A to point B all over the place. We don't, we want, we don't want that again. And for the Nisa independent cup, you know, I, I hope that we need to pick up with the Nisa independent cup, excuse me, that maybe they'll go back to the previous format and get some of these NISA teams, you know, in the group stage. That makes it more fun. Maybe they could host it, the NISA teams. I'm just saying, you know, help them make some money, make some extra revenue. That's just kind of idea I have. And, you know, TV, it was 11 sports. I guess that's okay. Hoping the NISA teams can invest more in the broadcasting side. Me had a broadcast background and, you know, make it look good. And, the Open Cup, I hope Nisa does better this year in the Open Cup. Last year was rough. They, I think they only, I recall they only had three teams in advance. So hopefully this year, more teams will advance. You know, Cal United, they they set the bar. They were the first Nisa team to make it. Let's see if Nisa can make it a little further this time around. And then for the playoffs, you know, hopefully Nisa, we get a good run, good showing towards this, the end of the season. And we had the playoffs, and hopefully the final, the championship game for that goes very well. And 
let's guys, let's just hope for the best for Nisa. And that they have a strong year. Same with Nisa Nation. Now they're back, that they get things back on track and moving again. And let's see this league grow and see its potential. All right, everyone. Well, that will conclude today's show for Nisa Today FC podcast. If you have any suggestions, feedback, or comments, you can reach out to me on my personal Twitter page. Just DM me at JT underscore Taylor 88. And if you want to keep all the latest updates on the show, you can follow us on our social media pages. We're on Facebook at Nisa Today FC. We're on Instagram at Nisa underscore Today FC. And we're also on Twitter at Nisa underscore Today FC. You guys enjoy the rest of your week, and I will see you next time.